Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Five matchups the 49ers can exploit on the offensive side of the football. That's what I'm going to talk about on this episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. If this is your first time on the channel, really appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully by the end of the episode, I will convince you to give me a subscription. Really hope you uh, like the video and like the content. Thanks so much for watching. 49ers vs. Cowboys is an interesting matchup. You got two teams that have a lot of talent at the skilled player positions, but also along the fronts as well. Offensive line for both sides, really good. Defensive lines for both sides, really good. Field secondary players, good linebackers. This is one of those matchups you just wake up and enjoy watching if you're a football fan. Sure, the NFL fan bases will enjoy it overall, every one of them. Of course, for 49ers Cowboys, this is a heated rivalry. Started in the 70s, it continued in the 80s, and the 1990s, it absolutely reached a fever pitch with Dallas holding the 49ers from attaining their goal of continuing their dominance in the NFL and winning Super Bowls. Well, now we're in a different situation. We got two teams that are up and coming. San Francisco 49ers led by Kyle Shanahan and Cowboys by Mike McCarthy. But how do the 49ers go about attacking a Dallas team that is so talented? Whenever you start naming off players that are in the defensive player of the year category like Micah Parsons, you know they've got extreme talent on their side of the football. They've got others as well that we've talked about a lot, including like an Anthony Barr who they added in free agency. They got Lawrence along the defensive line. Talented. They got Trayvon Diggs, the ball hot corner. So where exactly do the 49ers find their advantages? Uh, looking, if you're just going over on paper, you might not be able to see those. But I've been watching a lot of the film. I have. I went back and watched... So the Cowboys versus the 49ers last year to see the differences between the two teams. There was different personnel, uh, but you get an idea of how each planned on playing each other because it's the same coordinators. Then I came back and I started watching a lot of Dallas, the T Dallas versus Tampa Bay. 
and you know also Dallas uh, against the Commanders because I thought that was going to give a clear picture of how the Commanders were able to slow down Dallas's offense and then be able to put up points on this defense. So five matchups on offense the 49ers can exploit, and it starts with number one, the run game versus edge defenders for the Cowboys, and that's Micah Parsons and that's Anthony Barr. Now, Barr plays off ball a lot, but he will have outside contained responsibilities on run plays sometimes. Uh, so it's important for the San Francisco 49ers to make sure they're able to attack. And they did that last year. They were able to take advantage of Micah Parsons not being able to set the edge and then be able to block him with players like Brandon Ayuk. The very first touchdown of the game in the wild card round last year was Brandon Ayuk coming down. Nice little uh, close split to his tackle, comes down, blocks Micah Parsons inside. Toss play to the outside. Elijah Mitchell walks into the end zone untouched. It was a great play for the 49ers, but it illustrated how exactly you can go about getting Micah Parsons and other edge rushers that you could take advantage of. You know, they have defensive ends that like Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, they also have Dorrance Armstrong. These guys are not bad. But what you have to do is take advantage of those guys and kick them out with Wash and then go ahead and take advantage of Barr and Micah Parsons. And you're asking what I mean. You've seen the 49ers consistently do this. And if you're a Cowboys fan watching this, you're just wondering how the 49ers will go about it. What they like to do is you have your edge defender outside of their tackle. And what they like to do is get a tight end like George Kittle or even Trent Williams and start getting a little bit of contact. Then what they like to do is come through with either a tight end or a fullback and get extra movement and create a huge space between that offensive tackle and that edge uh, defender. And by creating that huge hole, and if you watched last week, Christian McCaffrey's run, you saw a monster hole with George Kittle coming up. He was going to give help to Trent Williams, but Trent didn't need it, and he pushed right up to the corner, was able to kick inside, now McCaffrey off to the races. That's what you want to do. Now, the 49ers didn't get that kind of movement last year on Micah Parsons. I'm sure he's bigger, he's stronger, he's more used to playing the edge. But this has been consistent for the 49ers. Move those edge guys out because they're worried about the 49ers outside zone and then cut it back in. Another addition to the 49ers offense this year has been the little quick toss. Little short, he can go up inside, uh, inside that C gap. That is just off, you know, that's between, uh, just off tackle, between tackle and tight end. You can take advantage of that area as well. But if they load up, then you can kick out, you can kick back in. It allows the running back to get his shoulders north and south a lot earlier for vision and cutting and all of that. So that's how the 49ers have been able to go about it. And that's what they're going to have to do in this game. They're going to have to attack those edge defenders, get Parsons, get Barr moving horizontally to create run lanes for Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, uh, and Debo Samuel. Debo is going to be a part of this as well. And if they are dead set on squeezing down those plays because you're trying to kick them, then that will create opportunities for the toss. All of a sudden, just like we saw in that week, uh, wild card matchup last year, you had Micah Parsons willing to, he's going to do everything he can to stand pat and not let Tom Compton kick him off his spot. And then here comes Brandon Ayuk to kick him down. So the way the 49ers maneuver their splits with their wide receivers, the way that they are willing to wham and pull uh, their, their tight ends and fullbacks to help block offensive linemen, or even in some cases to handle all of it, creates opportunities for the 49ers to run the football on the edges. So that is the number one run game versus edge defenders way the 49ers can exploit the Cowboys defense. Number two, Brandon Ayuk on Deron Bland. Deron Bland is not the normal Cowboy starter, 
but he is going to be footing the bill and, and doing the job because Anthony Brown is out and on, on IR. Uh, so Bland had been playing a lot during the slot and doing a pretty good job with the nickel corner spot, but he's now going to be playing on the outside. And last year, the key matchup always was Diggs and Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk had some success. Diggs played him tough for most of the game, but I would feel like Ayuk won the battle. So you would normally think, oh, it's going to be Diggs. It's going to be Ayuk. Here's the problem. In last year's matchup, you didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Adding Christian McCaffrey means you don't have one Debo kind of player. You have two. So last year, the Cowboys knew as long as Debo was in the backfield, you could go ahead and put Diggs on Brandon Ayuk. This year, you can't do that because even if Debo Samuel's in the backfield, it doesn't mean Christian McCaffrey's not lined up somewhere else. And that is going to make it harder for the Cowboys. That's the addition to the 40 yards offense that really differentiates this offense from last year's. Uh, there are others as well, including the quarterback position. But for this conversation, we'll stay on this. But what that means is Diggs is not going to be able to stick to Ayuk because if he does, number one, that eases up all the coverage problems you have as far as Kyle Shanahan recognizing what your coverage is. He's going to stick wherever Ayuk is. That means you can exploit every other matchup. You know what you can get from Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Jawan Jennings, who had a good game against Dallas last year, and George Kittle because of that matchup. So once you allow you to play a more base cover three defense, which Dan Quinn wants to do a little bit of matchup zone as well, then you're going to get Deron Bland in some situations on an island in that cover three or even in man coverage one-on-one -on -one with Brandon Ayuk. And that's an advantage 49ers. He's the man coverage beater for the 49ers and he can turn people inside out. And I think that is some place that Kyle Shanahan can look and find opportunities. Kyle Shanahan was upset in the game, uh, the wild card matchup. They had Brandon Ayuk on the deep post. You know, Brock Purdy threw it. It would have been a touchdown, but Brandon Ayuk stopped. Don't expect that to happen in this game and expect the 49ers to try to take advantage of the Brandon Ayuk versus Deron Bland matchup. Now, no number three matchup for the 49ers to exploit from this Cowboys defense is going to have linebacker implications again. This time, Anthony Barr and Vander Esch uh, against the 49ers running backs. And why do I say that? Because the 49ers can come out in what looks like a base set. They can keep your base three linebackers on the field, which Parsons, tremendously athletic. Got to give him credit. He's good in coverage. That dude can do it all. But that's not the advantage that you want to, or the matchup you want to take advantage of. It's Vander Esch, who's not great in coverage, but really good against the run. And Anthony Barr, who's not a traditional linebacker. He's used to playing in Minnesota's 3-4 scheme, coming up to the line of scrimmage, bringing pressure, setting the edge. That's not what he does a lot in Dallas. He plays off ball sometimes which means with Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle on the field, you can keep Dallas in their base for three sets. And that means also once you motion Kyle Juszczyk or Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, you can find a matchup that pleases you. Micah Parsons, if they decide to go that route, that means you keep Parsons from pass rushing. That works for you. If it's as simple as Parsons still coming, but now bars in coverage against Christian McCaffrey or Vander Esch is in coverage against McCaffrey or Kyle Juszczyk. you got to think advantage San Francisco 49ers in those situations. And with the way the 49ers put Debo Samuel in the backfield, you could find a lot of these really, really tough matchups. How does Dallas respond to those? They could go to start putting in nickel corners. You could start getting an Israel McQuamu coming into the game, a guy that you know is a, was looking to play safety, now is playing corner like he played at South Carolina. 
So, I mean, that could be a possibility uh, for the Cowboys. They could always do that. Another thing that they've been willing to do is bring Donovan Wilson in and have him play out there as well. Uh, but, you know, now you're starting to talk safeties against Christian McCaffrey, against Debo Samuel. Uh, I don't know if you want to do that because now that you're in that 4-3 set or keep trying to keep him in that base 4-3 with that personnel grouping that has Kittle, Juszczyk, and Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden you go nickel. That now means you have an advantage if you're the 49ers in the run game. Andrew McQuamu is playing nickel corner, but now he's got to play in the box. Or Donovan Wilson has to come into the box. That's a lot easier to run the football, and the 49ers can find matchups they like, including George Kittle, McQuamu or Wilson or Kyle Juszczyk in an ISO type situation, isolating them at the second level and making blocks. To me, the 49ers personnel makes it very difficult. And when you look at Dallas's linebackers, they're not as versatile as a lot of the linebackers in the league. It's it's not that they're bad players. They're good players. It's just where their weaknesses are, the 49ers can exploit. Uh, their strengths are going to be, you know, Barr can bring pressure. I mean, Micah can do it all. Uh, but finding ways to have advantages is what Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers offense is about and has to do. And I think there's a distinct advantage for the running backs in the passing game. And if you switch it over to nickel, it becomes a distinct advantage for the 49ers in the run game. Uh, so personnel is going to play a big part in this game. And that's some of the matchups that I really like. Number four, George Kittle again. We just mentioned him. Uh, versus safeties, Malik Hooker and Jerron Curse. Now, Curse you know, got nicked up a little bit in Tampa Bay. Um, but he's been a good player all year. We brought up Wilson. He played, you know, pretty tough. He's he's a he's a pretty good player. But those guys are going to be tough matchups, uh, you know, to stop Kittle. Kittle, if he gets in those situations against those guys, and they're so used to playing him against the run, he's going to be able to kind of get past them. He's going to be able to make it tough. And you've got you know Diggs worried about Ayuk, and you got Bland worried about Debo, and you've got you know Barr and Parsons worried about Christian McCaffrey. Who's worried about George Kittle? It's going to have to be these safeties, Hooker and Curse, and he's not an easy matchup. And the way Kyle Shanahan schemes it up, those guys have to sell out to try to stop the run. If the 49ers establish a run game and get play action going, George Kittle could have an absolutely huge game because he's a matchup issue for both of those safeties. And if you want to try to go ahead and go with Israel Mukwamu, he's got the size. He's 6'4", he's over 200 pounds, matching up with George Kittle. That's great. That's not a problem. The, pro the What becomes a problem, George Kittle can still beat McQuamu in the pass game, but he definitely can block him in the run game. And if you're doing that, it means you're taking another very talented player off the field in stopping the run in Barr or Van Der Esch. Uh, so I think the 49ers matchup-wise is going to work for them. And if they get play action going, George Kittle is going to be a problem for Hooker and Curse, whose eyes have to be in the backfield stopping the 49ers run game because the Cowboys give up 129 yards per game on the ground. That's 22nd best in the NFL. The 49ers average over 135 yards per game on the ground. Explosive plays coming from McCaffrey, a healthy Elijah Mitchell who played very well against Dallas last year. To me, that's an advantage that helps George Kittle. And George Kittle has had a huge stretch. Uh, as Brock Purdy at the helm, seven touchdowns for George Kittle. Look for that trend to continue in this game because there's just so much focus that has to go to every other player that you could just ignore George Kittle. Now, the number five matchup that the 49ers must exploit on offense in this game is going to be Kyle Shanahan against old buddy Dan Quinn. Of course, they coached together in Atlanta. 
They made it all the way to the Super Bowl, unable to get it done. 28-3, to we all know how it went down. Some blame Kyle Shanahan. I say, how do you blame Kyle Shanahan when you had a lead of 28-3? to Your defense has to be able to shut them down. He was O-coordinator, not head coach. But these guys are very familiar with each other. And I've been going through and, and scouring and listening to a bunch of commentaries. And one thing I found out from Richard Sherman was that Dan Quinn taught Kyle Shanahan how to break the responsibilities and rules of the Seattle Cover 3 defense. He taught him all about the defense, and Kyle figured out what to do. So these guys understand each other, but the base principles for Dan Quinn's offense, Kyle Shanahan knows better than anyone. And last year, Kyle Shanahan in the four yards offense with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm and an injured thumb were absolutely rolling on offense until Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his shoulder. Uh, pressure, I mean, they did a good job in that situation, but Kyle understands Quinn's thinking. Quinn has a good idea of what Kyle does, but Kyle has a sum of weapons that I don't think Dan Quinn has ever seen in this league. I mean, this is really one of those spectacular things. So what does Quinn do? Quinn is going to try to put pressure on Brock Purdy. He's going to try to confuse him early, but Kyle Shanahan's going to go ahead and try to make it really easy with easy reads. And when it comes to Dallas, a balanced attack has won against them. Four of the five matchups uh, that they lost this year, they lost five games during the regular season, there was a complete balanced attack from the offense of the opposing team. Now, Jacksonville was the one that was maybe a little bit more one-sided where Jacksonville threw for more yardage than they ran for, but everything else was within that 10 yards of rushing attack compared to passing attack. One of those interesting things. So Kyle's going to want to run the football. He's going to want to use the clock because the way you defeat this Dallas defense is is by, keep, number one, keeping them on the field and getting first downs, wearing them down. Secondly, making sure that you max protect at times. Uh, don't put as many guys out in the route, but you can still defeat coverage because they can't hold up. They're a lot like the 49ers where if the pressure doesn't get home early, the secondary's not always able to hold up. There are some weaknesses there. So Kyle Shanahan, get, play, get the run game going, get play action going, and then you will find open receivers to be able to get the football to because the Dallas Cowboys are the best at taking away the football in the entire league. 33 takeaways this year. That is, there's no, you know, no, they are definitely uh, one of the better teams at doing it. They also turn the ball over 23 times. Uh, so that's not good on their case. But this is going to be a fun matchup because Kyle understands Dan Quinn's X's and O's. And Dan Quinn knows he has to change it up. Here's the thing, though. Uh, knowing you have to changing it up, change it up and still being able to without putting too much stress on your defense is going to be one of the most interesting things in this game. I'm so excited for this matchup, the X's and O's, all the players that are on each side. I think this is a very talented Dallas Cowboys team. I want to make sure that I keep that out there, that you know this is a team that deserves to be in the playoffs and deserves to be in this divisional round. They're going against a nice 49er team that has a plethora of talent and a tremendous amount of skill and coaching. I think this is going to be a fun one. Who's going to come out on top is going to be determined a lot by what we just talked about, those five matchups the 49ers can exploit on offense. I'm sure there's more. And if you have another matchup that the 49ers can exploit on offense, let me know in the comment section down below. And if you're a Cowboys fan, you came through to watch the video let me know what you thought about what I said and how the Cowboys plan on overcoming these types of things I believe that can be exploited. Let's have that conversation. 49ers vs. Cowboys is quickly approaching. Of course, what else is quickly approaching is all through the week, 
a lot more content, including a game preview show that will be coming your way. Cover 2, me and Warren will be talking 49ers versus Cowboys very extensively. Join us for that. And then after the game, a game reaction show. That will be fun as well. If you have Patreon, you can hop over there. I'm going to be putting on a scouting report video this week, breaking down the Cowboys versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, what the Cowboys did great, what Tampa Bay was doing early on, and then just talking about ways to continue to uh, try to defeat the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you liked the video. If you did, give the video a like, subscribe to the channel, uh, and this is going to be a fun matchup on Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 49ers versus Cowboys. Rivalry is here. But until the next time, I hope you guys all have a good one. Stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.